Hello and welcome back to Not If I Reboot You First, a podcast that takes your favorite properties and our favorite properties and some other people's favorite properties and we just reboot them all together but before Hollywood has the chance to, so it's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, they, them, and is it People's Choice this week? I genuinely can't remember. It's People's Choice this week. And the people have decided that we are blowing up a sun, a.k.a. we are doing something Stargate-related. Nice. Uh, So I know that the blowing up the sun is from the show. Yeah. But I've never seen an episode of the Stargate TV show. Okay. I've seen the movie. (laughs) I know the premise. Yes. I know know that the Asgardians are basically the greys. Mm-hmm. And I know that the cartoon that aired on the Fox box... Is not canonical. Yes. It's its own thing. Also, I recently discovered that there was uh, a bunch of video games made of it. But I don't think... One was scrapped and one was an MMO that I don't think I supported anymore. Okay. Yeah. So the general premise of Stargate is that you have this... Basically, it's a portal science fiction slash fantasy at times because they went with ancient aliens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, Stargates are found on Earth. There's specifically two. One was found in Egypt back in the 1920s, and one was found in, I think, Siberia, because, of course, we have to have issues with the Russians. Um, <laughs> was it a Tunguska situation? I want to say so, or they just found it in the Urals, because the Urals are a very strange place. There's another group of skiers who went missing over by the Atlov Pass. Or maybe it's the same one. But no, seriously, a group of skiers recently disappeared near the mountain where the Dialov Pass kids That's concerning. Were. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> uh, I hope that they turn out right, but also, maybe y'all should stop going there. <laughs> like, I know in Monsi what they mean when they say dead mountain. It just means, like, there's no game there, but, like, this is the second time this has happened. <laughs> If so I had a nickel for every time, I'd have two <laughs> nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird it happened twice. <laughs> yes, it's kind of concerning. So anyway, um... When- Wait, hang on. Didn't they just figure out why the first group went missing? Yes. Uh, or partially, like, why the first group left the tent. There's still a bunch of other questions as to, like, various decisions that were made. Okay. And, like, why the initial investigation was stopped in the first place. I'm still thinking there's a military connection because that area was just chock full of tests going on. So, yeah. Hmm. And now, okay, now here's the other question. Were the skiers all white people? I think technically, yes, but also they were all from a part of Russia where I wouldn't be surprised if there was a bit of, you know, mixing going on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I was just thinking, it's it's a very uh, white person horror movie thing to do. Except instead of instead of going into the basement where the stage noises are coming from, you're going into the mountains where people keep disappearing. Well, they were the first group to disappear. Still, I don't want to go to a place where anyone disappears regularly. <laughs> anyway, Stargate. Stargate. So, the general premise is you have these giant stone gates that were created by the ancients who are like, you know, your precursor aliens who took a bunch of humans, scattered them throughout various habitable planets throughout the Milky Way galaxy and for their field as it turns out in later iterations and they were all connected by these wormhole portals called stargates because you use different constellations to dial in to a different location now 
the big bads were the gold who were actually like parasite aliens that inhabited human bodies and they like to pretend that they were gods mostly egyptian gods i don't know why the egyptian gods always get this treatment like it's it's definitely a combination of um exoticism yeah. for sure it's it's an and, oriental it, orientalism situation yeah where, orientalism and they're also kind of like in this weird transition period i think with anthropomorphizing deities where they still have that animal aspect to them plus there there was a lot of a uh, cross-cultural exchange with uh greece and ju- yeah. just the hellenistic places in general and so i think that was very much a european thing or it's like oh, the Greeks were so cool, and the Greeks were friends of the Egyptians, so I get the, guess the Egyptians were cool. Oh, but the Egyptians were black. Black people couldn't have made a civilization this cool. It must have been aliens. Yeah. Yeah, this is, like, the only media where ancient aliens are involved where I'm pretty okay with it, because, like, they give nuance to it, and the aliens didn't do every single fucking thing a person of color did. Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure I've said it on this uh, show before, or it's, at some point I've said it on some podcast. But I want an ancient alien situation where the aliens came to Earth and then we taught them how to build pyramids. Mm-hmm. They didn't know shit about shapes. <laughs> yeah, because here's the thing about uh, pyramids and why so many ancient civilizations built pyramids: they're fucking easy to build. <laughs> 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 they're one of the most stable structures that you can fucking make. <laughs> Yeah, unlike unlike the Europeans who are literal squares. <laughs> I guess circles sometimes. I mean, does... a circle can be a pretty stable shape, so. Yeah, that's true. Um, it does remind me, uh, me and my parents started watching a show called Resident Alien, mm-hmm. which was about an alien who has to hide out on Earth, and he has a very low opinion of humanity, and he's talking about how, like, uh, humanity wasn't... He's kind of caught off guard about how smart humanity is sometimes. They're like, they were never acting like this when we were helping them build Stonehenge. Lazy druids. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we still have questions about how Stonehenge was built because some of the stones did come from quite a ways away. But also, here's the thing about humanity. We're stubborn. Why did we build the pyramids? Because fuck you, that's why. I want this rock over here! (laughs) Yeah! It's basically it. Like, the reason why Chang-Chi Huangdi's a uh, tomb is so massive is because fuck you that's why <laughs> <laughs> i'm the first emperor of china i get to have this massive thing <laughs> <laughs> basically everything cheng shui han di did was fuck you that's why yes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's the basic premise of stargate and the spin-offs the first spin-off was stargate atlantis and basically atlantis was real it was created by the ancients it's in a different galaxy i think it's in the pegasus galaxy okay and the baddies there are the race and they were originally insects that eventually evolved into a humanoid form and their whole thing is like they- a masked rider <laughs> <laughs> sure and um their whole thing is they'll suck the life force out of you and thus they can live forever and everybody lives in fear of them yeah naturally yeah and then there was a third spinoff called stargate universe where a crew of an ancient intergalactic starship kind of get stranded and have to find either a way back or a way to a stargate themselves 
and there was a lot of drama. It did not last long. It got canned pretty fast. So that was like Stargate minus Stargate? Yeah, pretty much. Wait, was that the one that Robert Carlyle and Ming-Na Wen were in? Yes. Nice. Yeah, and then there's been a couple, like, there was a virtual movie uh, produced by MGM and directed by Roland Emmerich. Really? Holland? Yeah. Roland was in charge of it. I didn't know that one. <laughs> yeah, he was planning on doing a trilogy, but then he um, he did Independence Day, and I think he got sidetracked with other projects, and there was a writer for MGM who was like, I really like this movie, but there's so many ideas in it that are really interesting that it needs a TV series to be better explored. Hence, the TV series Stargate. So anyway, in this very long preamble, the general idea that I want to do is another spinoff series, but this time, like, my whole thing was like, what could you do next with a Stargate? And, you know, not fall into just being the Star Trek clone, because the original writers were actively trying to avoid that. I think they managed to do so, uh, at least from an aesthetic standpoint. Yeah. And they eventually... um had more of a continuous plot, and it wasn't super episodic like a lot of Star Trek has historically been until fairly recently, uh, which is fantastic. So I was thinking, what is next for Stargate? And I was thinking, hey, let's do a bit of a 20 minutes into the future so that like we have slightly more advanced technology, and maybe the Stargate pro- project has been disclosed to the public, because there's got to be some point where everybody just knows about it. Because oh, I did just remember one thing I know about the Stargate TV show. Okay. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in universe, there is a Stargate TV show, so that if any civilians stumble upon information about the real Stargate project, they think it's just a tie into the TV show. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how it goes. <laughs> I love the sense of humor for the show. Do you know how I know about this? How? Is because I saw a clip of the show where they showed a clip of the in-universe show to the real Stargate people, which was like a sexy CW action version of Stargate. (laughs) One of the actors in there was Corey Monteith from Glee. (laughs) Because remember, the show is is filmed in Vancouver, because if you're a sci-fi show, you're in Vancouver. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So there was that. I also like the episode where they have to keep the Stargate open for various reasons. And then you have um, O'Neill and Teal'c just playing golf, like putting balls into the Stargate. (laughs) (laughs) This this is a great use of government resources. Yep. Your tax dollars at work. (laughs) (laughs) So I was thinking, because I've also been swimming around in, you know, Dune and Hyperion Canto's lore because like the Dune movie is coming up and one of the YouTubers I follow does a lot of like sci-fi fantasy lore for different books book series and all that. I'm gonna take a bit of the later Dune lore and see if I can kind of create a series with this because <sighs> despite the amount of time I've had to work on this uh, life has happened mm-hmm. and I got a bit sidetracked with some other stuff. So, so for the first time ever, we're flying by the seat of our pants. So what a new oh, uncharted yeah. territory we're yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so in the later books, so the, okay, where do I start with Dune? There's a worm with a man's face. 
<laughs> well, that worm with a man's face is the God Emperor. And after, during his reign, he really restricted humanity's growth and uh, ability to travel the Milky Way galaxy. After he died, there was a period known as the Scattering, where humanity just went buck wild, went everywhere into like the deepest parts of space that they could possibly get to with uh, with spice, because they found a new way to make to make the spice melange. So, a couple thousand years later, because everything in the Dune universe is on that sort of scale, a group called the Honored Matres, who are kind of like a splinter group that evolves in weird ways. Uh, shows up to challenge the Bene Gesserit, who are the space witches, <laughs> basically, <laughs> uh, for their control over like the traditional empire, like the the galaxy spanning empire. And the thing about the Honor Matres, aside from being the crazy sex witches, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Part of their lore is that they seem to be on the run from something. Now they show up in like the last book of the Dune series written by Frank Herbert. And what they were running from was expanded upon by Frank Herbert's son and uh, that son's co-author. And it's kind of like, uh, the the fans had a mixed reaction to that revelation, but basically they were running away from the remnants of the out-of-control AI that initially caused basically Earth to no longer exist in the Dune universe. And is the reason why um, in Dune, there's no, like, AI is a big taboo. Uh, it's all a result of the Butlerian Jihad. <laughs> Please, listeners, look up the stuff. I don't want to be talking about Dune when I should be talking about Stargate. <laughs> so then tell me about Stargate. I think, I think you got lost in the Dune weeds. Well, what I'm trying to say is that the year is 2037, because I just randomly decided that date. Okay. So, the Stargate Project is more widely known. There are colonies out there. The various Stargate Projects have traveled to, like, Atlantis. They've gone all over the place. They have starships now. They're exploring the galaxy and other galaxies. Like, So, I was thinking, like, hey, what if people started moving? Like, using the Stargates to move from planet to planet towards us. And they're on the run for from something. Oh. So, the premise would be... Uh, the Stargate Command is now trying to figure out what's coming in our direction so that we can figure out what to do. Do we have to face this? Is this a massive threat? It's looking like a massive threat. But also, like, with these groups of people who are coming towards us, like, we're trying to handle them and, mm -hmm. you know, getting them safe. But also, like, maybe there's people who have their own agendas. It doesn't have to be the evil sex witches, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> But let's just say, like, there's a new alien species, or hell, maybe we get the Gwalu back. Turns out that there was more of them than we thought. And they're like, hey, I also want to rule a fucking planet. Or seven. Everybody wants to rule 17,000 star systems. <laughs> Seems like a bureaucratic nightmare, but they don't care. No. Because the Gwalu's live in that classic, just want to laze around and you know, have grapes dropped into their mouths. <laughs> <laughs> They're about as active and ruling as Loki was when he was in charge of Asgard for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to invest in the theater program is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the gold were very dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what if um, with Stargate Atlantis, 
Yeah. They you said they went to another galaxy. Yes. Um, so it was, it seems like it was always like people originating from Earth going to other galaxies. It was never like some from another galaxy just popping in saying, hey. Yeah, because part of the myth was that, like, there's very few aliens aside from, like, the ancients, the Asgardians, who are basically the Greys, and the Gwulds, and the Wraiths. And most of the people that the a Stargate team will interact with are descended from humans, just separated by a couple thousand years. Because mm-hmm. basically, this is the opposite of the panspermia idea, or it, it is a version of the panspermia idea of like how life could be seeded. And I am not going to explain panspermia. You can all look this up. I mean, uh, panspermia is pretty easy to say. Panspermia is basically what if instead of life on Earth or any planet uh, originating naturally, there was like a meteorite filled with the biological ooze that crashed and that jump started the evolution of life. Basically, it's saying, what yeah. if. The life was not planned originating, but space originating, and maybe like another race sent that out. Um, people theorize that we have fungus on Earth because of panspermia. That fungus did not evolve on Earth, but came from space. Yeah. But no, this is. I think like the widespread human colonies is another common thing. Like yeah. they do that in shit. What was the other one that the um with the and the robots, the people robots. Oh, um, Battlestar. Yes, Battlestar Galactica yeah. has uh, humanity spread throughout the galaxy yeah. prior to Earth. Um, yeah, because Power that's... Rangers, even. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, that... they don't explain it. <laughs> so, fun fact about that: uh, the the original creator of the original Battlestar Galactica was a very devout Mormon, and based a lot of that on the Book of Mormon. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Um. <laughs> well then, <laughs> but yeah, it's. Yeah, the idea that there is an, an ancient alien race, and they're like, we like these humans. What if we set them up all over the place? And then they did. Yeah, because humans are actually very hardy, as it turns out. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, yeah, your premise, it does actually open up a lot of doors, because I, even if we just start this as, what if the first season or the first half of the season is just a normal start like it's very akin to the original stargate yeah maybe maybe actually maybe it's even close to a babylon 5 situation where they're just dealing with the politics of having a, an earth government or like eh, earth ambassadors out amongst the rest of the colonies and yeah. it's like that transitional period between we are ambassadors from our planet to we are setting up housing for other people from earth with permission of the other locals yeah and whatnot or uh, people from other planets coming into Earth and saying, hey, we want to set up, um, I don't know, a, a new city from Planet Steve. Yeah. But, like, it would be a game changer if, like, they're chilling and all of a sudden the Stargate opens and instead of, like, someone they're expecting, it's just, like, um, a, a, a rock or, a, like, some kind of computer hard drive that's just a warning of, oh, shit, they're coming. Oh, my gosh, we're dead. Yeah. And that's happening in the background. And then, like, a whole refugee crisis it would be essentially be that doesn't start until the second half of the first season and heck you could probably you could probably get a season and a half worth of we don't even know what we're fighting all we know is that they're chasing people here yeah so i brought up hyperion cantus i don't want to take too much from it but there's a really neat idea they had there's a being called the shrike and it seems to exist independent of time oh boy and a dimension that stargate hasn't really explored was time in alternate dimensions like it it did take them a while to figure out how to enact the ninth chevron which allowed them to travel to different galaxies and i want to guess that maybe the ancients 
they might have experimented with jumping through different realities okay. and different dimensions. So there's an interesting idea within ufology called the interdimensional hypothesis. It was, um, it's been proposed by Jacques Vallée. Like he's most famous for his work on uh, close encounters and doing a lot of work with J. Allen Hynek, who was a really big ufologist back in the day. So the general idea of the interdimension hypothesis is that extraterrestrials or um, aliens don't really travel physically. Like, they do kind of, but they use interdimensional travel as a shortcut, basically. Because space is so massive yeah. that to physically travel, it's going to take you millions of years. Like, just straight up. It'll, like, I think the current estimated uh, time to travel from here to Mars is still, like, six months. And mm -hmm. we don't really have the technology to do that quite yet. And to travel from here to, like, Pluto, it's going to take us years. And that's still within a conceivable amount of time within a lifetime. To get past Pluto, it's going to take probably generations. Oh, yeah. So, like, that's Jacques Vallée's thinking. It also lines up with some of the stuff that people have reported when they've had experiences with extraterrestrials where it's like all of a sudden they appear or they disappear or there's this weird psychic phenomenon going on like pilots who've reported uh alien encounters while flying have said like the movements of uh ufos are really weird and sometimes they'll just like appear and then disappear very suddenly yeah so I was thinking, like, maybe with this new threat that's coming towards, or whatever the fuck this thing is, because it might not be a threat. It might just be, like, too alien for us to really understand. Yeah. So maybe there is an aspect of interdimensional travel and fucking around with time and all that, which I think would be really interesting to explore, even though I have a slight aversion to time travel stories, but mo most of the time it's just because, like, time travel is not well handled I'm developing my own uh, aversion to time travel stories because I'm in the middle of writing two of them Ah, and sometimes so you can do fun stuff with time travel but sometimes it is painful yes so the exact nature of this threat I really do want to have more alien aliens because I think part of the problem with a series like uh, Stargate back in the day was the limits of special effects yeah so I'm thinking with like better technology and also like just better like special effects makeup we can make some uh, again this is like my star trek premise of hey let's have more alien aliens including like on the star on the stargate team yeah oh yeah so that's that was the other thing is that if this is coming from another galaxy this could be a galaxy that has a much more diverse alien ecology yeah like Part of the Fermi paradox, we we talked about this on Stargate, but like one on of the- On Star Trek, you mean? Uh, on Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> There's Star Trek, Stargate- <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars. Battlestar. <laughs> so many stars. Um, But basically the Fermi paradox is the question of like, why haven't we come into contact with aliens? And one of the ideas is that maybe there is kind of a barrier for evolution in that at some point- a a highly intelligent species either gets wiped out because of natural causes like meteors for example or they develop the capacity to you know mutually assured destruction i'm just gonna go with meteors because 
like we get whiffed by by dangerous shit all the time. The only thing that's keeping us safe is fucking Jupiter. Thank you. <laughs> so maybe in this other galaxy, enough planets uh, survived a catastrophe like a life-killing asteroid or other possible problems. So you could get more a more diverse amount of life yeah. appearing there. Whereas here, like. Yeah, we have people living on other planets, but the vast majority of them are descended from humans who who evolved on Earth because we were like one of the few planets that managed to scrape by. Yeah, because I like throwing in actual science stuff into my science fiction. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, we could have like a wide, a far more wide away array, array. I am trying to pronounce my R's now. <laughs> it's a wide away of wascally wabbits. <laughs> um. So we have a rider. Oh, fuck. <laughs> or say, say use, use synonyms. <laughs> so we have a far more diverse cast of aliens there. Yes. And a far more diverse cast of the humans, too, because, oh boy, yes. Stargate could be fucking white. The most notable person of color also played an alien, but also TLC was kind of like the best character. Oh, I always thought that guy's name was TLC. <laughs> I mean fair. So yeah, like the Stargate team can have like a human from Earth, Jaffa, uh I forget what Jason Momoa's character spe or like planet was. But Jason yeah, Jason Momoa's in this? Uh he was in Atlantis. Huh. I always forget about Jason Momoa being in stuff before Game of Thrones, because that was his big break. Yeah, and Game of Thrones kind of swallows everybody's resume. <laughs> That's true. He also got a start on uh, Baywatch Hawaii, although I think he'll beat your ass if you bring that up. Yeah. He's a human from Cetata. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's the general idea, and we can go into weird esoteric stuff, much like ba- uh, Babylon 5 did. Yeah, like, I think this, the, um, the flavor of Stargate would be, like, one part that's the bureaucracy of dealing with this like, kind of emerging galactic federation, if you want to call it that. And, hell, even an issue in the show might be that some people don't. Yeah. Like, uh, a long-standing problem that they had to deal with in the original TV series was, like, battling government departments, but also, like, the Russians found their own Stargate, and there was, like, genuine, like, among the Security Council and the Five Eyes, like, they're like, hey, we're not exactly comfortable with the U.S. kind of having a monopoly over this. Yeah. Can we also participate and eventually likely come to a compromise? But, like, I also want to talk about, like, maybe what happens when the government discloses, like, hey, yeah, we've been traveling to these different planets and galaxies for about a decade now. What if, what if it's a show that has, like, two timelines? Not not divergent timelines, but, like, flashback sequences. Like, okay. Like how Once Upon a Time, well, okay, better than Once Upon a Time, but like <laughs> the, the idea that we're following t- two halves of the plot and the, the one half is taking place if like, if they announce Star, if they declassify Stargate today. Yeah. And just dealing with that, how the fallout of that would be. And then the other half is set seven, 16 years later. Mm-hmm. And heck, it could even be like, there's in, in the modern day one, there's like a kid and they're only like, 
four or five years old and they find yeah. out about Stargate and the, they're because they're so young they're like oh wow aliens are real yay <laughs> and then we flat, flash forward to 2037 and they're like re- like finishing up their training and joining Stargate Command yeah and the, they, this can be our like POV character so we get to see both like firsthand what it's like joining Stargate and going from the bottom up and mm-hmm. firsthand what it's like seeing like the aliens come to earth yeah um Another, another thing. One more thing. <laughs> what, what if we incorporated elements from the non-canonical cartoon Stargate Infinity that aired on Foxbox? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I barely remember that series. <laughs> well, just because the, the, the main thing was that one of the main characters of the Stargate team was a guy named Echo, E-C apostrophe C-O, clearly meant to be a stand-in for uh, Tialk, the learning channel. <laughs> and... <laughs> He was half human, half Hrothi, and the Hrothi were like these uh, spiky green crystalline cycloptic aliens. Oh, yep. Now, now I'm picturing it, yep. So first off, they would be pretty cool to bring into like live action. Yes. And it'd be cool if maybe not Echo himself, but like an Echo-like character was there. Yeah. We could even have like that kind of character end up being a childhood friend of our POV character. Mm-hmm. aging funky things and he, he develops faster and so then they're able to go through basic training together yes <laughs> also I'd, I'd love the idea of <laughs> my clearest memory of the show was that Echo's mom was the Harathi but she had like fully integrated into human society okay or, or some kind so basically there's a scene of her like Echo's getting bullied on on the playground for being half hrothy and so then he like activates his abilities and like all the spikes start like pointing out of his body and then his mom runs out and his mom is in like a sleeveless white blouse and mom jeans (laughs) but she's also this this super like this tall green cycloptic crystal alien (laughs) and she's like no you gotta play nice echo <laughs> so what I'm getting is that that we need aliens and mom jeans. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Tilku was quasi alien because he was also a host to a symbiote. Um in the episode where they have to keep the Stargate open and him and O'Neill are, you know, pun golf balls into the Stargate, they're both in like the very stereotypical golf out golfing outfits with plus fours. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, there wouldn't be a whole lot of uh, discovery in the Star Trek sense in Stargate. It would more yeah. be like, this This is the, the discovery is the, hum- the humans, the civilians finding out about Stargate stuff. Yes. Um, and the, the, the 2037 plot is dealing with the bureaucracy. It'd probably, it'd probably be a pilot episode situation where mm-hmm. they get the warning Oh, here's an idea. What if our main character is just, like, they're a rookie. They're at the lowest rung of whatever. Yeah. But they happen to be, like, on Stargate duty when the message comes through. And instead of it being, like, an inanimate object, it's, like, a a person. They're dying. And with their dying breath, they psychically beam, like, just a fragment of a message into our POV character. And all of a sudden, now they're, they're important. Because they happened to be by there when they got the message, and so now all the higher ups like, "Well, 
Uh, you're the only one who has the information, and we might be able to extract more, but okay, I guess you're on the new team. We have to make a new team, and you're on it. <laughs> well, How long have you been on Stargate duty? Five days, sir. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> this is the rookie Red Ranger just turned up to 11. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Because, like, um, Stargate procedure when the Stargate, like, opens up unexpectedly is, like, you have a whole bunch of guards just pop out with the guns ready to go. Yeah. So, this is this is a newbie's job, and then all of a sudden, they're the protagonist. Yeah. <laughs> not even, it's not even, like, guard duty. They're like, you, you, gotta, you gotta clean it. Some, sometimes you get gunked the chevrons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, the dust causes problems, okay? <laughs> It's sat in sand for five thousand years. <laughs> yeah, you have to, you have to make sure this is clean by oh eighteen hundred by eighteen hundred hours. Why is there an inspection? No, that's when T office. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! What if the evil alien force was alerted to Earth because one of them got beaten in the head with a golf ball? <laughs> The new general is just like, do I have to remind people to not just toss shit into the into the Stargate? It's not a garbage can. Although, what if one of the filler episodes is like some weird shit comes through and they're trying to figure out like if this is related or if it's like some kind of secret message or something, and then it turns out it was a different species using their Stargate as a trash can. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think actually. With the themes we've been talking about, we, we would definitely need to get some um, a diverse writer's room because this yeah. really becomes a question a situation of dealing with colonization. Yes. Because like cause you brought up like getting colonies in other worlds for the humans and you have to like really examine the line as but between we're moving in just because there's like an ambassador's office here and like we were given the option and we're moving in because we decide we own this planet now. Scooch over. Yeah. That, that kind of manifest destiny situation. And then, yeah, obviously the refugee situation that would come with everyone yeah. fleeing the big baddies. Yeah, because like, there's definitely going to be a difference between, hey, we're going to... Because I imagine by 2037, let's also just say that this is an alternate... This is definitely an alternate timeline where like, maybe the Earth isn't as fucked up as it is now. And, you know, there was some revitalization of NASA. So, yeah, by the 2030s, we are, we do have like a, a fort set up on the moon and we're getting ready to, we got like a very basic colony on Mars, let's say. Yeah. So. I'm also thinking like if we're, if we're edging closer to a, like a Star Trek style utopia, mm-hmm. there would still be the people who are saying, hey, I remember in 2021 where things were shit. <laughs> Yeah. You can't say that we've moved past this. Yeah. I saw it on the news in between watching Dragon Tales. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, I would totally like to have, you know, other colonies up in space, like satellite colonies and all that. That would be cool. Spaceport. And Mecca. What if there's Mecca in this series, too? Hmm. I don't know. Does Stargate usually have Mecca? It doesn't. It does now. <laughs> I mean, there's a Gundam being built in Japan, so yeah. yeah. Why did you make Mecha if it's not even energy? Like it's totally terrible for the energy consumption. Because fuck you. That's why. <laughs> yeah, we come full circle. <laughs> I mean, the entire premise of Pacific Rim is 
mecha versus kaiju. Yeah. And also there was an internet imaginal aspect to it, so yay. <laughs> Maybe the mecha is a bit far, but I I want more Western shows with proper mecha. Yeah. Maybe the mecha is not like a recurring plot point or like a major plot point, but it's like... Something in development. Yeah, there's something in development. Or maybe it's like during their few forays into lesser explored worlds, they find a mecha and decide to start reverse engineering it or whatever. Yeah, because like they didn't get the giant starships until way late in the series. So Mm -hmm. Well, because they wouldn't need them because it's not a it's not a wagon trail. It's just a doorway. Yeah, they only really started needing them like when like during the last seasons involving the Gualwuld, and then later when dealing with the Ori because the Ori decided to go on a crusade and all that. Listeners, you can look up the whole Ori. That's like the last part of the original series. So yeah, didn't they get like uncancelled five times in a row or something? Yeah, they also had to like hop channels too. Yeah, now I remember it was like. They thought that season six would be their last one, and so mm-hmm. they made that a finale, and then they got another season. So they made the finale, the season seven finale, and then they made the season eight finale, and season nine finale, and they're they're all supposed to, like, four grand finales in a row. Yeah. And then season ten, like, okay, well, we've, they were kept on a surprise for doing this whole bunch. We're not going to make this a grand finale for season ten. And then season ten, they got canceled. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, can we have a movie? Mm-hmm. And that's why there are, like, three direct to DVD movies. Though mm-hmm. one of them is a prequel about how the Stargate was found on Earth. Wasn't that one not very good? Yeah. So, yeah. You could probably get five, six seasons out of that. Yeah. And let's see, it's with MGM, so it would probably... I wonder if Stars would take it again, because that was the original uh, channel that the that Stargate was on. I feel like they would. I feel like they're still pretty down with genre television. Mm-hmm. They do tend to um, end up getting broadcast rights for stuff that's usually streaming exclusive or starts off streaming exclusive. Yeah. They're also pretty quick to give the streaming rights to mostly Netflix because I know that Outlander is a Starz TV series. And like as soon as the season is done, they it's like within a couple weeks, it's uploaded onto Netflix. Though I will say that I... I actually do like the trend of more, like, weekly releases per episodes. Yes. Um, Netflix both spoiled us and melted our brains with mm-hmm. the binge yeah. thing. And I'm so glad people are learning what a weekly television series is again. Yeah. <laughs> and y- yes, bi- binging is fun. But, like, I'd rather do that for, like, a, a, a TV series that is complete. Yeah. Or even just a complete season. Yeah, like, it's already been aired on television, and then it got uploaded, so you can binge it now. Or just something real short, like Candy. Like, binge Power Rangers. Yeah. Don't don't try and binge something like fucking Game of Thrones. Yeah, I, I mean, know. don't watch Game of Thrones, period. It's not worth it, but... <laughs> I would say the first five seasons are actually very good. Yeah, true. Don't binge Mad Men. How about that? Yes. And also, don't binge MASH, not because, like, it's bad or anything. It's just, like... A lot. It was eleven seasons with like thirty-two episodes per season. <laughs> nope, that's what we're doing for episode one fifty. It's just a live stream of us binge watching match. <laughs> we're gonna become Twitch affiliates. <laughs> we're gonna marathon this somehow. The Mashathon. Uh, the TV series that lasts three times the length of the war it was portraying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So five seasons is probably gonna be enough. Unless somehow 
we somehow do get ten seasons. Oh. I was like, <laughs> once the show starts getting like past seven seasons, that's where you're like, is it worth it? Yeah. Like, unless it's very slice of lifey and literally anything could happen, it's just a continuation of things. Yeah. Or you're Degrassi and you're constantly rotating out characters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, I think we've got a pretty solid uh, start for Stargate, at least. Mm-hmm. It seems like a show that could do very well with just, like, character-based filler and, like, just do some fun weird shit. Yeah. Um, but, like, a different flavor of the fun weird shit that our Star Trek would have been doing, or your Star Trek, rather. Yeah, and, like, that was the biggest strength of, especially the original uh, Stargate series. Like, they had, well, just really good character writing to begin with and really good actors to play them. But they did have strong slice of life, like, hey, let's just hang around and do shit. <laughs> Another advantage of the uh, split narrative is that we can... How, how do I say this? We can we can stretch plots out longer because they're not being told in the full hour. Yeah. So, like, something that would normally only take maybe five episodes to tell, we can tell it over ten episodes. We yeah. don't have to worry about burning through story too quickly because we're only devoting, like... Uh, 60% of the show's airtime on this arc, because the other yeah. 40% is like, well, what happened in 2021 when aliens were real? <laughs> also, fun fact, the uh, Gould almost invaded Earth through Stargates, so yay. Oh, so then, like, an initial um, plotline could be people thinking, oh, are the Gould back? Are they coming back to get us again? Yeah. Did we miss some? Or is this the Ori? Because the Ori were full-on in Crusader mode, so... And it's like, no, it's something new. Yeah. And it's unstuck in time. Yes. Weird shit is happening. Weird. Oh, with the double timeline, we could also have, you know, weird shit happening in the background. That's true. I didn't yeah. even think of that. It, you could all of a sudden, like, have the first season finale be like, the, the timeline has diverged. Oops. <laughs> Yeah, oh, what the main character has accidentally time-traveled back to 2021. Yes. Because it's it's the the baby POV character meeting, grown-up POV character, and they're both like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Carl Sagan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's a good spot to end this episode, too, unless there's anything else you can think of adding. Um... <laughs> I am honestly at the limits of my sci-fi knowledge, so yeah. Um, oh, one last thing we could do, because you said that the aliens were usually gods in disguise. What if we just threw in some of the other pantheons Yeah, and some other aliens that were there? Yeah, because I think with the original series, it covered Egyptian, Babylonian, I think. Yeah, the Asgardians are the greys, basically. They just took on human form through illusions i.e. very advanced technology. So, yeah, we could have, like, different pantheons involved. Um, again, we would have sensitivity writers. What, yeah, I wouldn't want to deal with religions that are still being worshipped. Yeah. That's just kind of a bad idea in general, but, like, bring in the Celtic pantheon. Mm-hmm. Like, what if they were all just bird people or something? <laughs> I mean, fairies are kind of like the old version of aliens. That's true. Yeah, we'll just- Space fairies. Yeah, space fairies. Like, like honestly, if you That's how we to... bring in the space witches! Yes, that's how we bring in the space witches! <laughs> Although, they could, the space witches could have also tied into, like, Hecate, who could have ended up being a Gwald. Yeah. 
easily. But yeah, like if you were to look up any sort of um, stories about people winding up in the other world with um, with the fairies, it sounds a lot like alien abduction stories. Yeah, even True Blood was like, yeah, some people thought the fairies were aliens. Are you telling me that I'm a goddang alien? That was a terrible accent. I'm so sorry, Sookie Stackhouse. <laughs> that wasn't even from, like, the proper part of the States. Sookie. <laughs> oh, Bill Compton. I'm here to be your vampire husband. Also, what is with vampires going down to Louisiana? Is it just, like, the Anne Rice thing? I'm from Louisiana. Yeah, I think it's the, it's the Anne Rice thing, because she's from New Orleans. I'm a Gualad. I've been living in Louisiana for 37 years. A romance writer met me once, and she wrote an entire series of vampire romance novels after me, Bill Compton, from space. <laughs> on that note, on this completely irrelevant note to the subject at hand, I think it's time for us to go to a friendship promo. Sicka! In a world where people pretend to be someone else for fun. If we don't create these people, who the heck will? To teach others the joy of making characters for so many RPGs. How can there be so many games? Coming to you every Monday, the One Shot Podcast Network presents Character Creation Cast, where Ryan Bolter, Amelia Entram, and guests create characters for different role-playing games and talk about the process. Starring Character Evolution Cast, where Ryan, Amelia, and guests dive deep into tips on how to play those characters better. Alright, Lindsay, where can people find you on the internet? I can be found on Twitter at lindsaym476. It's Lindsay spelled with an A, and you can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and on Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for Notifier Boot You First, and they're pronounced Chevron 1, encoded. Chevron 2, encoded. Chevron 3, encoded. Chevron 4, encoded. Chevron 5, encoded. Chevron 6, encoded. Chevron 7, locked. You can also email us at notifiverbootyoufirst at gmail.com, where you can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, and your favorite god who is secretly an alien. That's where you can send us a friendship promo, be it an audio clip or a proof for us to read. Either way, we'll put in a free ad for your podcast, your YouTube, even your DeviantArt. You could even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea because we like being surprised. Uh, we want to give a quick shout out to our patrons, Charlie, Casty, Christina, Julia, Rem, and Theodore S. Preston. That's not his name. Thank you all. Uh, that being said, don't donate to our Patreon because there's other much more important stuff going on, especially Texas. If the power is still out in Texas by the time this episode goes out, I will personally kill Ted Cruz. Um, there's seriously a lot of bullshit going on down there in regards to their power grid system. And if your uh, response to this is, oh, but Texas is a red state, you need to stop listening to this podcast and go research the concept of voter, what is it? Voter suppression. Voter Just suppression and gerrymandering. Exactly. Just d don't add us with that bullshit, because it's bullshit. Yes. But if you do want to support us in a non-money way, then you can support us by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. And if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me and I'll try and get us in there. 
Not if I reboot you first as a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can find out more about the other awesome shows we share the network with at CornerPodNet on Twitter. We also have a Discord that we link to in the episode description, and if you can't get there, then just message me directly on Discord, and I will invite you to the Discord server. It's not a private server, it's just Discord is kind of a pain with sharing links. Also, I need to uh, revise our ending spiel so that it actually mentions the existence of the Discord. Yeah. Uh, that being said... <laughs> Last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachu, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, uh, Sean Clake SG1, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you like music of his own for your own. <laughs> so, Tanner, what are we doing next week? So next week is not related to a recent movie trailer that came out this week. I was already planning on doing this before the trailer for Cruella dropped. Oh! <laughs> but next week, I got a, I got a, I got a bucket, got a bucket full of sunshine. I got to love and I know that it's all I know. Ooh, oh. Okay. <laughs> but I'll tell you all about that next week. Not if we reboot you first. Bye. Thank you.